right. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night service. Amen. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord together tonight? Yeah. This is the best place you could be in Barstow on a Wednesday night, people. Where else are you going to be? Come on. All right. So we're going to have a great time together this evening, getting into the Word of God. Amen. But let's go ahead and stand up together, and we are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And again, we're just going to keep uh, believing and walking by faith. Amen. And speaking these words. So let's say it together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. And you may be seated. All right. We're going to do some announcements here. Okay. So let's go through my friendly uh, weekly reminders that everybody loves and is definitely not getting tired of at this point. So let's remind you that no food or drink in the sanctuary other than water or your communion elements. Amen. Uh, We're going to take care of the carpets that have been cleaned. And we will be doing communion tonight also. So uh, we'll be doing that here in just a little bit. Amen. Third third Wednesday night, we're always going to do communion. And then um, everyone in the coffee bar is good. We're just reminding you that we're not going to be sitting in the coffee bar during service unless, you know, you've got a legitimate reason such as you're nursing a baby or uh, need special assistance, that type of thing. Uh, But we found out that somehow it is possible to still, you know, be in church and sit amongst other people. It's a great thing. They did it for a long time. So it's very good. So anyway, uh, we'll we'll be working on that over the next little while and uh and it's a little bit of an adjustment but it's going to be really good all right okay let's get into our regular announcements here tonight uh first of all tomorrow night is young adults night we're kicking it off everybody all right so this group is for those 18 or senior in high school range into the 20s. And uh, we're going to be meeting up at Jesse Winston's house at 7 p.m. If you need that address, you got to let us know, okay? And so Jesse Winston and Emma are going to be really working with this group. And, you know, uh, some of us will be there too. But anyway, tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Uh, we want to see you there, amen? We're excited for this. And then uh, baby dedications are this Sunday. Sunday. All right. If you are interested in having your baby dedicated, uh, the sign-up sheet is back there at the info booth, but we need to know. So uh, tonight's your last night to sign up for that. If you want to dedicate your baby, uh, that'll be this Sunday at the 10 a.m. service. And it is a great chance to be able to invite your family and friends into church. Uh, You know, there may be other days that they say they wouldn't come, but hey, everyone's going to come for the babies. Am I right? Thank you. All right. So, very good. And then, <clears throat> married tonight. Are there any married people up in the house tonight? 
Okay. Amen. And with all the weddings we're doing, there's going to be much more, I, th- I think. I think I've got nine on the calendar now for this year. So they just keep rolling in, baby. We're more, more weddings. But anyway, um, it's going to be Friday. February 2nd at 6.30, and uh, there's free child care, okay? So you can't say, well, we'd go, but we don't have a babysitter. We'll just give you one, okay? So Friday, February 2nd at 6.30, uh, and the, the menu for that evening is Italian. And so just bring an Italian dish to share, and that'll take care of the food. Uh, but if you could register, hdwc.org slash married, uh, we can get a little bit of a head count on all of that. So I believe that is all the announcements for right now. But we want to take a chance to welcome you tonight. If you are worshiping with us for the first time or maybe first time in a long time, we have a welcome packet. This is Leah back here. If you would just slip your hand up real quick. Uh, she's got, we got a gift for you and uh, some information about the church and uh, all you got to do is fill out that visitor card and turn it into the info booth at the end and we would just love to welcome you with us okay well uh, we are going to go ahead and get into our Wednesday night tithes and offerings does anybody know what time it is yeah God loves a cheerful giver according to second Corinthians 9 so we get happy when we get to give if you need an envelope raise your hand the ushers will get you one and we're going to open our Bibles to Malachi chapter 3 amen Malachi chapter 3 going to look at a couple of verses here Malachi chapter 3 and if you want to give online you can go to hdwc.org slash giving we're going to look at Malachi chapter 3 Starting at verse 10, I'm in the NLT here. NLT, Malachi 3, starting at verse 10. And it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Well, what what is the tithe? Well, that is 10% of, of what we've been blessed with, of our income. All right, and so these guys here were farmers, a lot of them. And so, hey, they're bringing in their crops. And uh, as I've said before, I don't get paid in potatoes and cantaloupes and stuff, or else I'd bring, you know, 10% of that in. But I do get a paycheck, so I bring 10% of that in. And so it says, bring it into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple, or the church as we would say in modern days. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it and put me to the test. And so here we have the Lord saying, if you will honor me with what I've already given you, right? Who knows that you wouldn't have anything if it weren't for God anyway. I mean, you wouldn't have air to breathe if it wasn't for God, all right? And so I certainly know I wouldn't be able to work a job or do any of these things if God hadn't given me a life and ability. And so absolutely, bringing him 10%, that's no big deal. I I feel like that's the least I could do for all he's done for me. Uh, But it says right here that he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on our lives. And don't you know that when you obey God's word, man, even with your finances, he'll bless it. 
Do you know that with God's blessing on 90% of your income, man, you're a whole lot better off than 100% that doesn't have the blessing of God on it. And I, you know, I like to study history, but several uh, very uh, prominent Americans, uh, industrialists and things like that, uh, were tithers and people don't even know it. Uh, but uh, a guy named J.L. Kraft, you know, he, he started the cheese business. Amen. Anybody like Kraft cheese? Yes, you do. Okay. And so uh, he didn't tithe. He gave approximately 25% of his income to Christian causes, to church and to other things. And he said, the only investment I ever made, which has paid consistently increasing dividends is the money that I have given to the Lord. And so I'm like, man, you know what? I believe in the stock market and all that fun stuff and investment. That's great. You know, it's always a risk. But I tell you what, it's not a risk when we invest into the kingdom of God and give him what he asked for. There's no risk in that at all because he always comes through on his word. Does anybody know that tonight? Amen. All right. God's good. Let's go ahead and stand up together. Amen. And we are going to speak some words of faith over our giving. We're going to get into worship after that, and then we're going to take communion together. So let's go ahead and speak these words of faith tonight. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. If you want, you can come to the altar and worship with us tonight. Or if you want, you can sing right where you are. Just let's sing to the Lord together. And let's sing. Yahweh. Yahweh. Holy is your name. I don't want to take it in vain. Yahweh, Yahweh, holy is your name, I don't want to take it in vain, there will be no other God before you, and there will be no other God before you. There is no one above you, no one beside you, and nobody like you. There will be no other God before you. Let's sing this. No one, no one, no one. No one, no one, no one. And Yahweh. Yeah. 
Christ alone. seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil My anchor holds within the veil. 
trust in Christ alone. Christ alone, a cornerstone, a weak made strong, and the Savior's love through the storm. He In Christ alone, a Christ alone, a cornerstone, a weak made strong, and the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, the Lord of all. shall come with trumpet sound oh may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone I fall stand before the throne let's just sing that out Christ alone You're our Savior, you're our Lord, you are our everything, and we are so grateful that you have made the way for us to come into the presence of God. We love you, and we worship you this evening. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, um, we are going to be receiving communion together uh, this evening, and um, this is something we do on the third Wednesday night of every month. That way, those that are uh, can only come on Wednesday nights still get a chance to receive communion regularly. Um, so as reverently as I can, um, I'm going to go ahead and, and let the kids go to class. So teachers, uh, go ahead back towards the lobby, and any of the kids that are still 
all trying to get to class. They can meet their teachers um, back there at the lobby. And what we'll do, adults and others that are still in here, um, we'll go ahead and start coming up and receiving uh, communion. And so just take the elements and go back to your spot and uh, stand there for a second until uh, we start opening up the Bible. I know it's a little bit different, but one row at a time. So let's start dismissing the rows. Come on up and get your communion elements and then go back to your spot for a second, okay? Very good. Come on up, guys. Come on up. There we go. verses here quickly in Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9, and you know, I just, I want to make sure that people understand uh, communion and understand the importance of the blood of Jesus, and that's the deepest and most wonderful topic that there is, Uh, but I just want to read a couple of verses here in Hebrews chapter 9, starting at verse 13, I'm in the NLT, but it tells us this, Under the old system, so the old covenant, the Old Testament, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. You know, sometimes it's hard to worship when you're just sitting here feeling guilty and how terrible you are and and thinking of all the bad things you've ever done in your life, check it out. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than how bad you've been before. Now, you know, you got to call the name of the Lord, but it will purify our consciences so we can worship God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the internal inheritance inheritance God has promised to them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under that first covenant. And so when we receive communion, uh, listen, we're celebrating the blood of Jesus, that it cleansed you of your sins if you'll receive it. Amen. You've got to receive Jesus. That's what this is all about. And so you don't have to be a member of this church to receive communion with us. You just need to be a member of the family of God, a born again Christian that has received Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so 
we're going to take a few minutes here in 1 Corinthians 11. It, it, it tells us to examine our lives before we ever receive communion um, because we want to do this respectfully and with the right heart. Uh, just one of the worst things you could do is be irreverent or disrespectful during communion. Uh, the book of Hebrews tells us that you are, in modern terms, you are dissing the blood of Jesus, and that is a very bad, bad thing. And, and it's a sin and it could get you in a lot of trouble. And so that's why I pretty much joke all the time, except at communion. I don't joke at communion uh, because I never, ever, ever want to come close to dishonoring and disrespecting the blood of Jesus. I won't play with that. So let's take a minute tonight before we receive these elements and we're going to examine our lives. If there's something that you need to talk to God about, do it right now. If you need to repent, listen, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins if we'll confess them. And, uh, and this is the time to get things right with the Lord. We're going to take just a minute here and then we'll receive these elements. So uh, let's go ahead and take a minute to examine and judge our own lives. Let's go. Corinthians 11 and verse 23. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. And so Jesus, tonight we take this bread and we understand that it represents your body, which was beaten, Lord, so we could be made whole. We do this to remember you. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And so, Lord, tonight we take this juice and we understand that it represents your blood, which washed away our sins, Lord, which gave us a clean, fresh start. We are forgiven because of what you did, Lord. We were guilty, but you paid the price. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Let's raise our hands for just a minute tonight. 
Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for the sacrifice, Lord, that you paid for our sins, that you endured the cross, Father, and it was because of your love for us. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good to us, Lord, so much better than we could ever deserve. But we love you and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you may be seated, and the ushers are going to you can uh, give them your cup there. I have asked Mrs. Pastor, or as I have called her for a long time, Mom, uh, is going to be delivering the word to us tonight. So she's got a hot, fresh word for us. Amen. And so listen up, buckle up, hold on, and be ready. It's going to be great. Amen. Thanks, pal. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, good evening, everybody. Got to scan the horizon here, see who we got going on. Hallelujah! I'm so glad you're all here. Amen. You know we love you at High Desert Word Center, and at High Desert Word Center, High Desert Word Center loves one another. Amen. Hallelujah! All right, boy, this is kind of tall and it doesn't move. Woo! It doesn't go up and down. It's just sort of here. Woo! Right in my face. Okay. Praise the Lord. Well, let's open up with prayer. Father, we thank you for your word tonight, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have listening ears that our eyes of understanding are open, that our hearts are ever ready to receive your word and to do any changes, Lord, in life that we need to do, any encouragement that we need to receive. Father, we thank you that we will do that. And Lord, we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, the title of tonight's message is Living a Life of Victory. That's kind of like my, my favorite subject is victory because God did not for any of his kids to be losers. We're all supposed to be winners. And we become winners through the word of God, the word of God that we know and the word of God that we do. Amen. So I want to start off with our um, scripture for the year, which is found in Luke uh, 10, verse 2 in the New Living Bible. And it says this, the harvest is great. How many of you can agree with that? Jesus said this, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. And so just because you are praying for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into this harvest field doesn't mean that that doesn't mean you. Okay? It means you. Point your finger at your chest and say this. I am a laborer in his harvest field, and I will do my part. Amen. You know, I got to thinking about that today when I read when I read our verse uh, for the year that the Lord gave to Pastor David. I thought, you know what? Some people might just think that they can sit back and fold their arms and do nothing while they pray for the Lord to send everybody else. But that's not the way it works, right? All right. So we uh, we are all on God's quote unquote payroll. We're all supposed to be working for Him. Amen. Bible says that we are ministers of reconciliation. That means that each and every one of us are to reconcile the lost and a dying world to him. One at a time, or, you know, maybe if one of you become Billy Graham, it'll be thousands at a time. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. Well, open up your Bibles to Mark 16, verse 20. Again, living a life of victory. Mark 16:20. I'm in all oh, oh, this will be in the King James actually. 
Not everything tonight's in the King James, but this is. Mark 16, 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. So as you and I go forth into this, this world, the Lord is, we are working with the Lord. We're not working for the Lord. We're working with the Lord. We are right there beside the Lord. We're working together. And as we're doing the things that the Lord is showing us to do along our path in life, then it says that he is, he is confirming his word with signs and wonders. You know, when you're out and about, don't be afraid to lay hands on people. Amen. Don't be afraid to let the Lord use you in, the, in the, one of the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost. You know, I, I can't go in that tonight. I don't have the time. But Pastor and I used to go door to door in Martinsville, Indiana, before we became pastors. And uh, the Lord would use the gift of, of the word of knowledge and all kinds of things as we went door to door to people. I mean, it sh shocked me. You know, I thought, wow, <laughs> he's telling me things about these people that, oh, you know, I didn't have a clue. I didn't even know these people. I was just knocking on their door. You know what I mean? So, but the Lord was working with us. And the Lord will work with you. Amen. So we're on his payroll. Say, I'm on his payroll. There you go. Amen. It may not be in dollars and cents, but by golly, you're on his payroll. Amen. Okay. So living a life of victory. And to me, this started out as a leadership lesson I wrote a couple of weeks ago. But it also applies to our lives as day believers. Okay. So, um, you know, in the natural, you've got to be able to lead yourself, right? Amen. You've got to be able to lead you. You've also got to be able to lead your family. And, uh, you know, who else can you lead? You know, I mean, maybe if you become a leader in the church, you lead other people. You know, some people are capable of leading five people, some 10 people, some 50 people, some 100 people, some 500 people, some thousands of people. You know, we're, we all have the ability, but that doesn't make one greater or lesser than the other. We're still a leader of something. How many of you have led family letters to family members to the Lord? Raise your hand real high. How many of you led family members to the Lord? Amen. All it takes is one person in a family. All it takes is one person. Because that one person that gets born again in a family will see the value of Jesus in the lives of all of his family members. And they'll begin to pray. And the Lord begin, will begin to go to work. And he'll begin to draw those people to him. And, you know, pretty soon your whole family will be saved. So, you know, that's awesome. That's awesome. So keep that in mind. And you've also got to learn to be a follower. You know, we all hear these things all the time about, oh, leadership training, leadership training. What about fellowship training? Because think about it. We're all followers, too. Amen. You know, like, you know, you know, Pastor Dave is kind of top dog around here. When I let him know, I'm kidding. <laughs> I handed the baton to you, pal. So, you know, sometimes I try to take it back, don't I? But anyway, that's okay. But, you know, we follow him as he follows Christ. And that's what we're supposed to do. So anyway, it, but it takes faith to be a follower. Because sometimes when you're following somebody, you don't really know all the ABCs and Ds about people. You know, and so it takes faith to, by faith, follow somebody, believing that they're on the right path, that they're doing the right thing in life. So it takes faith to be a follower. Um, look at Hebrews 6.12. Hebrews 
This, I'm in the New King James with this one. And this says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to a full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, that we as believers do not become sluggish because we are supposed to live a life of victory, right? But we are supposed to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen. There's always somebody ahead of you, like Pastor and I, our pastor is Dr. Barclay. So, you know, we're, we're looking, looking to him all the time. And, and uh, you know, if we need something, we'll, we'll call him on the phone. You know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, if we feel like we need a higher up opinion, you know, he'll pray with us. And he'll, t- in fact, he's the reason we're here. But I won't go into that tonight either. You'll just have to come back and listen another day to another one of my stories because you're not getting that one tonight. Amen. I don't have time to do that. Uh, being a follower doesn't mean that you are a, a do-nothing lazy bum. It means you're a server. Amen. It means that you do something. So um, jumping over to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, we're not going to really look there tonight. But Hebrews 11 is called the faith chapter because it's filled with accounts of those who lived a faith-filled life. It says, by faith, Abel did this. By faith, Enoch did that. By faith, Noah did this. By faith, Abraham did that. How about Sarah? She did this by faith. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. All these people by faith. And we are to be followers of those who obtained faith to do what was required of them in order that God's plan and purpose on the earth be fulfilled. You know what I mean? They did big stuff. You know, when we, when we put things in our little categories like we do, uh, they did big stuff. But uh, look at, well, we are going to look at Hebrews 11. Look at Hebrews 11, 39. Verse 39, well, we will look at verse 39. This is interesting. It says, and all these, in other words, all those people that I just mentioned to you, having obtained a good testimony through faith. How do we know they obtained a good testimony through faith? Their their names are written in in the word here, you know. We know about them because they're written in here. Their accounts are written in here, many of them in the Old Testament. We can look back and, and see what it was that they did. But they obtained a good faith through a testimony through faith. They did not receive the promise. So you say, well, why didn't they receive the promise? They, they didn't receive the promise because they were paving the way for others that came after them. Maybe some of us the things that we're doing for the Lord isn't going to be for us. Maybe it's for going to be for our children, our grandchildren, for those who come after us, or for those who we lead to the Lord. Maybe it isn't. You know what? I'm, you understand what I'm saying? We walk by faith, and we and we and we live this life by faith, not really caring whether oh this is for me. No, we're doing it because we're being obedient to Him, and then He does with it what He wants to do whether it be for us personally, our family, our church, or those who will come after us. So we never know. We're just, we're just following him, right? We're just doing what he told us to do. Look at Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. I am in Hebrews 11. I lied, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 13 through 16 says, These all died in faith. So they died still believing. 
all these people I mentioned, they died in faith. They died still believing, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now, this isn't our home. We're just passing through. Heaven's our home, right? Verse 14, for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Isn't that neat? God's not ashamed to be called our God. I'm grateful for that, aren't you? Oh, it's so good. For he has prepared a city for them, and he's prepared the heavenly city for us. Amen. So, so you know, that's that's so interesting to me. But those people that had such great faith, the things that they did were for those afar off. But still they did them. They could have, they could have given up. They could have said, I don't care about those people that are afar off. I don't know them. But they loved God and they obeyed God. Okay, so for you, for your life of living victory, don't be sluggish. Number one, don't be sluggish. If you're taking notes, don't be sluggish. If you find yourself being sluggish, how many of you ever found yourself being sluggish? Let's be honest. Okay. Oh, I hate that feeling. It's such a feeling of worthlessness. I don't like feelings of worthlessness. So if you find yourself being sluggish, shake it off. Don't receive it. Rebuke it. You can't afford in life in general to be sluggish. In your everyday life, you can't afford to be sluggish. If you don't receive the promise in the next few minutes that you're believing God for, don't give up. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. A lot of you are believing for... For grown children. Some of you didn't get born again until later in life and your children, you didn't raise your children for the Lord. So they don't have a clue. But you can't give, now that you're born again, you want, you want them, you want them to know about Jesus. But they kind of look at you like you, you're out to lunch, you know. But don't give up. Just keep pressing forward. Just keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. And it is, it will happen. Amen. Number two for victory and living. Don't be a time waster. The Lord has given us 24 hours a day. It's a gift. What are we going to do with those 24 hours that he's given to us? Man, how many of we... We waste time like, like crazy. We need to prioritize our time. What is important? You know, make a list of what's important in your life. Prioritize it. Um, what's a time waster in your life? Um, what can you cut back on? I remember back in 1976... I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I had, had had a habit of watching soap operas in the afternoon. I had two little kids. Yeah, you know, as the world spins and all that junk. And one day the Holy Ghost said to me, why are you watching that when you could be, when you could be reading my, spending time in the Word? I closed, I turned that TV off, and, I, and for, since 1974 I've never watched another soap opera. <laughs> but some people get hooked on stuff like that, and they, you do. You know, you get hooked on the tails and who, what's happening tomorrow and all that junk. So, you know, what can you come back on, come, uh, cut back on? Um, maybe you can combine your trips to town. Why do you have to go to the store every five minutes, you know? I mean, you understand what I'm saying? We're not using our time wisely. Um, you know, again, cut back on the amount of TV you watch. Maybe in the evening, you know, cut an hour off. Go to bed. You know, you need to rest. You need to rest. That's part of the problem why... 
we get sick a lot of times is because we're not resting. We're, we're killing ourselves, running to and fro, doing all kinds of stuff, and we need to stop. You know, just stop. My mother used to say, get off the merry-go-round. You know, just get off the merry-go-round. What are we looking at? Nothing. That is a road in the middle of a forest in the snow, in case you wondered what it was. For those of you who have never been in the snow, that's what that is. I wonder what, what everybody's looking up there pointing. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? What? I'm shaking? Oh, there was a little earthquake? Oh. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Glory to God. We don't care, do we? All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm talking about time stealers, okay? Wasting time. What are your addictions? I'm going to step on a sacred cow. Video gamers. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. <laughs> what does that mean when you go that? What? Oh, you drop them? Oh, I made a good point. Thank you. See, I don't know all this new stuff, okay? Ask me something from 50 years ago and I'll tell you because you won't know either. Okay. So anyway, don't be a time waster. You know, we're talking about addictions here. I mean, there's all kinds of addictions. So we don't want to be addicted to anything, right? Okay, but we do become need to become addicted to Jesus. Don't you think that's a cool idea? Oh, yeah. So how do you become addicted to Jesus? Well, of course, number one, you're born again. Then you get, get yourself baptized in the Holy Ghost. Be at church three times a week. A whole bunch of you are. Yes. I love it. Spend time in the Word and in prayer. A bunch of you are. Yes. Attend as many special events or lift groups as you can. Yes. Amen. We got those going on all the time. Okay, now here's another one. Listen to the word while you're doing your chores. I'm telling you what, that's what Pastor and I made us so strong in the word. We listened to the word 24-7, day and night, you know, had the word playing all the time. You know, just all the time, all the time. You can go to YouTube, you can look up uh, Brother Kenneth E. Hagen, and he will, um, you can look up healing scriptures if you want to, and you can just read the healing word just all the time. If you got, you know, do that before you get sick, okay? That way you build your faith up. But if somebody's ill in the family too, you know, you know, keep that thing going. You know, play that word, play that word, play that word. Even though you're sleeping, your spirit's awake. And if you got, you know, children that are ill, play that, play that, play that, play the word all the time. We used to have things, uh, scriptures on just love, just faith, just finances, just this, you know, just different topics. And we just played them all the time. But it's, it's kind of like force feeding yourself. You know, like when you're in the hospital, sometimes they feed intravenously, you know. Well, you force feed yourself the word of God. Amen. And, and you become addicted to Jesus. You serve in the church. There's tons of things to do in this church. I mean, I mean, just you wouldn't believe. Now, I'm going to give a shout out to Nadine Mumford. She's not here tonight. But think about Nadine for many of you that know her. Does she work in children's church? No. Is she on the custodial team? No. Is she a greeter? No. But her part in the body of Christ is invaluable to us because her real estate knowledge and advice and the things that she does for us has helped us with many things that you think, real estate, what are you doing with real estate? Well, for one thing, somebody gave us that house over yonder there, you know? And uh, we ended up selling it. She helped us sell it. And with the money 
that we got from selling that house, which was a, you know, a flipper thing. It had to be fixed and flipped. We paid off the mortgage on this place. Part of it was paying off the mortgage with Nadine's help. And, and now she's helping us, uh, with everything that's going on with the Midtown thing. You know, things, you know, you think real estate thing? Yeah. Yeah. She helps us with things like that. She's invaluable in the body of Christ. So, you know, sometimes the things that, I mean, you don't ever see her doing anything that like that, you know, unless you're one of the pastoral team and we're, we're following her around while she's doing stuff, you know what I mean? But it's very, very, very important, you know, what she's doing. Look at a, you'll have to look at this on the screen unless you've got an old living Bible. <laughs> Colossians 1.28 says this. This is another way you can be, because you're addicted to Jesus, you do this. I'll just read it to you. It should be on the screen in a minute. So everywhere we go as believers, we talk about Christ to all who will listen, warning them and teaching them as well as we know how. So be so full of Jesus that everywhere you go, you talk about Jesus. Now, Maxine over here, raise your hand, Maxine. This is Maxine. This woman is a talking machine about Jesus. I mean to tell you what, if you meet her anywhere, if anybody in Barstow that she probably doesn't even know runs across her path, they're going to hear about Jesus. And it's just, thank you. So she's doing her part, see? She's telling people about Jesus everywhere she goes. She goes on walks. She go, you go to the gym now, right? I bet you're telling people over there too, aren't you? You just stop what you're doing and you just start preaching the gospel right there where you are. Is she up here preaching? No. But she's doing her thing out on the streets and stuff like that. She's an awesome lady. Amen. So all of those things above are, are people that are addicted to Jesus, you know. I just love, I love people that are addicted to Jesus. And I'll tell you something else that I love. I love it when people come in this place and they are a, an absolute mess. Their lives are a mess. They're addicted to this. They're addicted to that. Their marriages are shot. They're, you know, I mean, all kinds. They're just a mess. And they come in here, they get born again, they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and all of a sudden they become a new creature in Christ, just like he promises. Old things become new, old things have passed away. Then they start coming in here because they're addicted to Jesus. And then this word changes them. And before you know it, they're coming in here, they're not glassy-eyed, they're just looking as clear as can be. They're pow- they become powerful people, they become hungry for the word of God. You know, they start being, they start going out and telling other people about Jesus. That's, that gives us great, great joy. You know what gives us great, great sorrow as pastors? is people who walk away from the things of God. And people have done that over the years. And it just, it breaks our heart, man. It just makes us, I could bawl about it now if I could go through the list, you know. I think, gosh. Because one thing that happens when people walk away from Jesus is their kids. I'll just say it plainly. Their kids end up going to hell. They end up in jail, they end up on drugs, they end up dead. You know, all kinds of things because the parents didn't stay with it. Their parents didn't bring them to church. And you know, a funny thing too, when when parents start to kind of fall away from coming to church, the little kids are, I want to go to church, but mommy, I want to go, I want to go. Little kids want to be here. They love church. They love God, little kids do. So, you know, man, do your part as parents, okay? Okay, another thing is, you need to be aware of the fact if you're going to live, live in a life of victory is that the enemy comes at you with lies. How many of you have ever had the devil sit on your shoulder? Man, he, 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 uh, <laughs> he makes up some woozies, doesn't he? 
But you got to be smart enough to know when he's sitting on your shoulder, starts whispering in your ear, is that your thought? No. Is it God's thought? Absolutely not. So that leaves who? That leaves the devil. So you need to be aware of the stupid stuff that he says to you. A lot of times he says, you can't do it. You know, maybe some of you are sitting out there and you're thinking, man, I want to serve in the church. I want to serve in the church. But I just can't do it. I just don't think I'm good enough. You know, well, it's not your thought. It's the devil telling you that. And that's all a lie. Because you are good enough. We train people around here. So, 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 so say you want to work in a certain area, but I don't know how to do that. Well, cheer up. You'll get trained. You know, you'll get trained. You won't be left out in the dark. Or the devil say, you're not smart enough to do that. You're too fat. You're too thin. I mean, how many of you heard that? I don't have nice clothes. I can't do that. How many of you heard that? Nobody will listen to me. How many of you have heard that? Um, a lot of times the devil comes at you and lies about people so that you get offended. And uh, Pastor and I call it the dingbat spirit. You know, somebody will say something. <laughs> and he's laughing because she's heard this. So it happens a lot in marriages. Okay, you can all attest to this. So the wife says something to the husband. Or vice versa. Let's say it the other way around. The husband says something to the wife. He says X, Y, Z. She thinks he said A, B, C. I mean, it's perfectly plain when it came out of his mouth, but somewhere in the air, the devil twists it before it comes to our ears. And all of a sudden, you got World War III in the home because he thought that she said that he said that she thought, you know. And none of it, none of it was true. Well, the same type of things happen in churches. You know, sometimes people get offended at each other. And, uh, you know, I can always tell what's wrong with people when they're offended. I'll tell you, you know what? God just, God just rats you out. Look at Psalms 119, 165, and you can tell what's wrong with people when they're offended. Psalms 119, 165. Long chapter. Okay, Psalms 116, 165. Look at that. Great peace. Not just peace, but great peace. Have they who love his law, which is his word. And nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. So you know what I've learned over the years? Now, when people are offended, even if myself, if I start getting offended, I'll say, oh, your word level's low. And it's the truth. Because a lot of times, if you get offended at somebody, it's because your word level is low. Because when you're in the word, you have great peace. And nothing shall offend you. It says so right there. So, that, in other words, that means that if you're not in the word, you're, you get offended easily. So that's kind of nice self-examination. Or if you dare at home, you know, when one of the husbands or wives, you know, oh, I can tell your word level's low. <laughs> Speaking the truth in love as we go along. Amen. Okay, look at this. Look at, uh, <laughs> look at what's the truth. Look at Colossians 3. <laughs> this is a cool thing about not being, how not to be offended. Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. 
Oh, boy, it's good stuff. I'm in the New King James. <laughs> it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, we're the elect of God, holy, wow, yeah, and beloved, yeah, put on. Put on. you got to put this on. Tender mercies. you got to walk in mercy with people. How about a little kindness? Humility? You're not the big one. Okay, sorry to burst your bubble, but you know. He's the big one, all right? Meekness? That means being teachable. Long-suffering? That means putting up with people. You know, you don't have to like everybody, but you do have to love everybody. You understand that? But that doesn't mean you have to be mean to other people that you don't necessarily like. You just don't have to hang out with them. Okay? This is a good one. Bearing with one another. Whoa. You know, not everybody's as mature as you are or you think you are. You know, like, let's say, for instance, somebody just gets born again. But they're still smoking or something. You know, they haven't gotten rid of stuff. Does that mean that that we're going to be mean to them and kick them out the door? No. We're supposed to bear with one another. They'll make it. You know, just like people were bearing with you when you first got born again. You know, we all think we're so cool. But, you know, and sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're real jerks. But... You know, far be it from us to admit that we're real jerks, but <laughs> but we need to bear with one another. And a lot of times you don't know when people are going through stuff. Some you know, they're not they're not going around blabbing all their problems and stuff like that. It's a lot of things are between them and God, or maybe they'll come up for, to the prayer line or something. But a lot of times people are going through stuff and we've got to be loving and kind with people because we have no idea what people are going through. We need to bear with one another. And also forgiving one another. Forgiving one another. Jesus said, if you don't forgive one another, I'm not going to forgive you. And that scares the tar out of me, I hope to tell you what. You know, the very thought of Jesus not forgiving me because I'm not forgiving other people, I thought, oh, no way, I'm not, I'm not going through that. Huh. Forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Look at that must do. It's not a, oh, if you want to forgive people, you know, you can. If you don't, you know, it's, it's like a commandment. You forgive, period. Do it. But above all these things, put on love. There you go. The greatest of these is love. Love never fails. Faith works by love. Which is the bond of perfection. And let, in other words, allow the peace of God to rule in your hearts, for which you also were called in one body. And be thankful. You know, I'm telling you guys all the time, you got to be thankful. you got to be grateful. If you want the Lord to continue working in your life, man, you be thankful for everything he does for you. I mean everything. You be grateful for everything he does. Be thankful and grateful to one another. Don't take each other for granted. Don't take the Lord for granted. Verse 16, let, in other words, allow, you allow, the word of Christ dwell in you, live in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, 
in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Isn't that cool? That's the way we're supposed to behave. That's the way we're supposed to act. That's the way to live our life in victory. Amen. Number four, don't quit. If you quit, you tied God's hands. He can do nothing else. If you stop God from working in his tracks by you quitting, you're never going to get the victory. You could, do not be tempted to quit. You know, our, our pa- pastor and my, me, our pastor is Dr. Barclay, and uh, every piece of literature that he sends to any of our, our, his pastors, he's got like a thousand of them, he always says, be blessed and don't quit. Don't quit. He's always telling us, don't quit. Because, see, if we don't quit, victory's right around the corner. If we quit, we're not living the life of victory because we didn't allow God to complete it, see? In other words, we lost. I don't like losing. I don't know about you, but I like, I like living a life of victory, and I want all you to live a life of victory. Amen. Okay, let's look up Galatians chapter 6. Verses 9 through 10. That's, this is in the King James. It says, And let us not be weary in well-doing. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of doing good, in other words. <laughs> Don't get tired of being nice. Don't get tired of following Jesus. Don't get tired of coming to church. Don't be weary in good do in, in well doing. For in due season, say due season. When is due season? It's when he says due season is, right? May not be in your timetable, but it's in his. We shall reap if we don't faint. In other words, if we don't give up, we don't quit. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. Love your brethren, right? Amen. I'm going to close with Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1 says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, the cares, the worries, the concerns, the sin in your life, it says, lay it aside, abandon it. Every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance. We're not quitting, remember? The race that God sets before each and one of us individually and as a church, actually. Looking unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross when he died on the cross. The joy that was set before him was all of us receiving him. He did it for us. Despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So I leave you with this. I hope you listen tonight. Because he wants you to live in victory. I want you to live in victory. 
You don't ever have to be a loser in life. You may lose a few battles along the way, but I promise you, you're not going to, you're not going to lose the war because Jesus is your king. Amen. And he's your Lord and he's the captain of the army. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Dave, I am done. Over to you, my dear lad. Praise the Lord. Amen. What a good word for us tonight. I uh, hope you wrote down those verses. There was a lot of really, really important verses tonight. Let's go ahead and stand up together. Amen. And we're going to close out here in just a minute. Uh, but before then, we want to give you the chance. If you need prayer for anything, uh, we would love to pray with you tonight or be in agreement uh, in any situation that you're facing. Uh, so I'll have our prayer team come up. Uh, Pastor Josh is going to lead us in worship for just a minute here. If you need prayer, come on up tonight and we'd love to pray with you. Amen.
with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in Him be found, dressed in His righteousness alone. A faultless stand before the throne. Christ
we're going to go ahead and close things out this evening. I trust that everybody's been blessed from the Word of God. Who had a good time tonight together in church? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, young adults, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at Jesse Winston's house. All right, amen. And so uh, we just want to see you out there. And this is our kickoff to this group. And it's going to be absolutely great. They are on fire for the Lord, okay? So uh, it's going to be awesome. Then, of course, this weekend, be here. We're going to keep digging into Luke 10 too. Sunday, you don't want to miss Sunday. I'll tell you that right now. It's going to be powerful. So be here this weekend, amen. Let's go ahead and close in prayer and then we're going to do our barstow faith confession and you can be dismissed father in jesus name we thank you lord for just everything that we've seen in the word of god tonight and lord we know that you have given us the blueprint on how to live a victorious life jesus and to do things your way and we know that your word and your way never ever fails so help us god to remember the word that we've received tonight and put it into action in our lives we love you and we praise you in jesus name can everybody say amen all right, we're going to speak some faith over Barstow, and then you can be dismissed. Let's go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody. Have a great night. See you Sunday.